The Bards, Rhythm of the Night, and before that, How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. This is Late Night Conversations. Uh, we are ushering uh, the last couple of minutes of uh, Wednesday. Yes, that's what we're doing, and we're doing it in grand style. Let me remind all our listeners that this part of the show is not suitable for listeners under the age of 18 because we get to talk about sex. Yes, that's what we're about to do. We are getting into the closet conversations. Shut the front door and open the closet. Let us have some intimate and saucy fun as we talk sex therapy. We're going to be looking at issues around erectile dysfunction, premature and delayed ejaculations, and also issues around low libido and sexual intimacy with uh, sex therapist uh, Michael Season. And um, a I'd like to remind you that it's always good to hear from you, to hear your experience. Maybe you've got some advice. Maybe you've been through therapy. Maybe you're experiencing some of these um, issues and want to know how to get help. You can remain anonymous. Call in on 011-714-2006, 011-714-4045. You can also SMS 41391. SMSs are charged at one rand fifty. WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. On that note, let me welcome Michael Season, sex therapist. Thank you very much for joining us, Michael. Evening, Patricia, and good evening to your listeners. Um, I just wanted to clarify one thing. I wouldn't call myself a, you know, a, a, a hardcore sex therapist. I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist with a, a special interest. One of my interests certainly is around sex therapy and how sex uh, plays a, a role, both conscious and unconscious, in our lives. Well, uh, Michael, thank you very much for clarifying that. And I'd like you perhaps to tell us, as a clinical psychologist, what are the other interests that you do work with, um, either than the sex therapy? Yes, okay. So, as a psychologist, my work entails uh, individual therapy, individual psychotherapy, and that's usually uh, related to people who are in relationship difficulties, people with addiction problems, uh, people certainly with sexual problems. Um, you know, and it presents with depression, anxiety, um, and, and stressors that, that go with uh, some of these things that I'm talking about. The other aspect of my work is also couple therapy. Um, so that's marriage counseling, uh, relationship counseling. Um, in which you know sexual behavior and intimacy will certainly come up. Um, the sex therapy, as I say, is an interest of mine. Um, I'm also I also do some medical legal work uh, as a bit of a diversion from the the therapy, um, and that's sort of assessing people who have been in bad road accidents, for example, and might have a head injury, might struggle with post traumatic stress disorder. Um, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the fall of the consequences of, of going through such a trauma. And then on top of that, I, I also from time to time give talks um, relating to parenting skills, uh, parenting during COVID-19, for example, um, uh, yeah, talks and, and, and workshops. I have done work on retirement in the past, uh, but uh, that, that does take me back a bit. So, yeah, I'm a bit of a, a generalist, I, would, I suppose you would call me. Well, you're a generalist that's going to definitely be assisting mm. us understand a bit more on uh, the issues that you are 
you know, dealing with as a clinical psychologist. Today we're going to be looking at uh, um, therapy, sex therapy, when it comes to premature and delayed ejaculations, erectile dysfunctions, and sexual intimacy and low libido. A-teamers, please do call in on 011-714-2006, 011-714-4045. You can also SMS 41391 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. It's not always that we uh, go to a therapist when we are facing challenges, um, whether emotional or physical. But sometimes I think it is very critical for us to explore such um, avenues, especially when it comes to the intimacy um, level of our lives as we grow older, because things do happen. Life does happen. We are speaking to Michael Season, who is a clinical psychologist. And today we are looking at one of the areas of his interest, which are sex therapy. A-teamers, remember to WhatsApp, it's on 0614-104-107 or even um, calling in on 011-714-2006. Michael, now in terms of sex therapy, how does one, you know, get to a point where they say, I need to go for therapy with a clinical psychologist because things are just not working well sexually? Well, I think you've, you've started off, you know, when things are not working out well sexually. Um, which could be uh, age-related, uh, developmentally related as well. But usually it presents, you know, the relationship. People are under stress. They're, they're not connecting with each other. They're uh, more aggressive. They're more short with each other, you know. And it then plays out in the bedroom. And uh, the way that I look at it, you know, the, the sexual difficulties are often a symptom, you know, of relationships that are in some trouble. Um, you know, and if we think about it, uh, sex is the place where we're supposed to connect, feel closest to our partner, um, and enjoy ourselves, relax, and, and enjoy ourselves. But if we're highly stressed and feel that we're not connecting and not being listened to, then people are going to become a bit more withdrawn, a bit more withholding. They're, uh, they're not going to be as keen, you know, to involve themselves uh, in, in, a, in a close sexual way with, with a partner who might be doing things that the person is not happy with. So often it is about connecting not just physically, but also the psychological aspect of it, where people might feel that their needs are no longer being met. Um, and when that happens, of course, you know, then feelings arise. And, and that's why people come to me. That's why people come and see psychologists. Because there's a certain feeling. They're either ambivalent, they've got mixed feelings, they're, uh, they're aggressive, they're confused, they're depressed, you know, and that feeling drives them then to seek uh, professional help. Um, some people might go uh, uh, certainly to a, a qualified psychologist. Others might prefer a, um, a, a counselor. Uh, other, other people go to their, their pastors, their, the, the church people. But, you know, you've got to actually seek out help somewhere. So uh, I, I think if I were to talk a little bit about initially about the, the ED, you know, erectile dysfunction, which I do see you know, a, a lot in my practice, uh, more so than I think difficulties uh, with delayed uh, ejaculation. Um, 
I actually prefer the old word for erectile dysfunction, and that was impotence. Uh, because this is what people present with. They're, they're feeling impotent in their relationship, and it subsequently then plays out physiologically. You know, suddenly the man can't hold an erection. Um, and I must say that often the erection is what falls down at the point of, of penetration. You know, so usually, you know, when let's say people are, you know, are in a reasonable relationship and they're reasonably sexually active, you know, the, the degree of foreplay, the, um, the, uh, the, the touching, the feeling, all of that, you know, it, it contributes to a, a build-up to a place where, you know, well, now we're going to really have this close um, penetrative uh, holding of each other in a way that is going to cement our relationship. But along the way, you know, the, the, the man, as I say, he goes limp, he uh, he might there might well be some history of this, which um, then contributes to anxiety. So we can't take you know erectile dysfunction um, once we've cleared firstly that it's not something physical, that it's not uh, related to cardiovascular issues or diabetes. Uh, once that's all cleared, then we know this is a psychological phenomenon that's happening, and it's laced with anxiety, sometimes with aggression. But I think more so with uh, anxiety, you know, in that the man uh, is worried that he can't perform, that he's not going to please his partner. Um, and, and at times, you know, I think this thing about pleasing the partner can, you know, be a, almost a spin-off from a personality that likes to please people, that likes to be perfect, very accommodating, compliant, pleasing all the time. And then suddenly they get to the bedroom and they, the person is very consciously aware of this. Uh, am I going to please my partner? Will she be satisfied? Um, and then, you know, it shows up physically. Uh, you know, suddenly, they, they, as I say, they, 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 they can't hold an erection. The partner hopefully is sympathetic, um, but might sometimes, uh, you know, have a bit of a lash out um, and feel you know, that she's been let down or been rejected or that the man doesn't find her attractive anymore. Um, so those are some of the dynamics that go on, you know, which, which people uh, need to consider. Now, um, yeah. now, Michael, before we explore more on how to deal with uh, erectile dysfunction, um, yes. I'd like us to go to the line. Martin has been holding patiently. Good evening, Martin. How are you doing? Good evening, Martin. Hello. Martin, we can't hear you. Please get closer to your headpiece. Can you hear me? Yes, Martin. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Excellent, thank you. Yeah. Good evening, Martin. Yeah. I'm having an issue with uh, erectile dysfunction and and um. Okay. 
Martin, we can't hear you. You are dialing on your phone. I'm going to send you back to uh, Benzito, our producer, to just make sure that he fixes up your line. Um, and uh, we'll continue here with uh, um, 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 Michael, um, who is our clinical psychologist who's assisting us today. Uh, his company's name is Steps Ahead, and uh, he is based in Ilova in Johannesburg and is able to help on many things like individual therapy, couple therapy, sex therapy, and uh medical legal training and workshops so there is a lot of things yeah. that he can assist like I you said, on. Uh, okay, martin. I said, i'm having issue with uh early ejaculation and uh erectile dysfunction okay and what is yeah. your question so i uh, i don't know like how to deal with it because uh the early ejaculation afterwards and uh, uh like I, I find it difficult to hold erection after that. Okay. okay, so if I clarify, I mean, you you hold an erection, but then you have a premature ejaculation. Yes. Okay, and are you able to ejaculate inside your partner? Or does that not happen? No. Like, you always... uh, I use protection. Yeah, I use protection most of the time. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I, just, I didn't quite get that. You use? Protection, and like. Protection, what? okay, protection. Okay, um, yeah. but the, the thing about the um, ejaculation, you know, it, a lot of people, they, they, they struggle to even enter their partner. You know, within seconds, they, they're ejaculating. You know, and usually yeah. uh, people ejaculate after, uh, you know, a, a couple of minutes, five, ten minutes perhaps. Yeah, that, yes. that's what usually happens. So for exactly. people, let's say, who, who are either, you know, they ejaculate just before they enter their partner or the, the, the second day they, they enter the partner, um, clearly there's then a difficulty, you know, to control that. Um, and I think you need to think also then about, firstly, psychologically, you know, what is going through your mind at that time? Um um, I presume you want to please your partner, correct, Martin? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you want to please her, and um, and then yeah. what? What what feedback do you get? You know, how how does your partner receive you um, with your uh, premature ejaculation? Like you know, the whole thing is like when you are into it. I, I believe that's where it becomes a problem because uh, I put my whole mind in it and uh, I, yes. I become more sensitive. Yes, okay. So, so okay, so you have discussed this with him um, and, and you're unable to kind of break the, the pattern. You know, it sounds to me this has been quite a long-standing thing with you um, and uh, clearly it's, it's leading to some distress. So what, what I would uh, you know, suggest that you do, you, you also link this with ED, you know, erectile dysfunction as well along the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Usually, you know, uh, what, what we do, what I like to do, is to make sure, firstly, that there's nothing physical happening, which might mean that you go and see a urologist to clear up that it's not just you know, something physical. Uh, the, the urologist would sort of know a, a lot more about that than myself. Um, but the, if, if that is all cleared, it would then suggest to me certainly that there's something psychological and something in your relationship that needs to be looked at uh, more closely. 
And that's why you go and see a psychologist so that you can, you know, open this up, open up the conversation. Um, sometimes it means going deeper, definitely, you know, going down to places perhaps that you're uncomfortable with. Um, but I, I hear a lot from you about, you know, pleasing your partner, you know, and, and, and your struggle, you know, that you're unable to do so. Um, or that you feel you feel that you're not as fulfilling as you would like to be. So um, I, I think you just bear that in mind. Certainly, the, the physiological needs to be ruled out, um, and if uh, if that's all clear, then I, I would certainly suggest you know you go and speak to somebody as a couple um, to try and work through some of the difficulties you know which you've you've uh, outlined here tonight. Um, I know also that, you know, sometimes, and I'm not an expert on this, but um, with other forms of uh, an inability to ejaculate, you're not telling me that, uh, but an inability to ejaculate can often be caused by sort of an interruption to one's nerves, to the, the kind of the nerve supply, you know, to your genitalia. Um, Okay. And again, you know, that, that needs to be looked at more closely via a urologist. Okay. Right. But when it comes to the issue of uh, the uh, erectile dis- dysfunction, like what course is that? The, uh, the, when it comes to the, um, did you say delayed ejaculation? Or not the delayed, the, the premature ejaculation? No, I mean the erectile dis- dysfunction. Oh, the erectile dysfunction. Okay, that. Um, I think at the beginning I, I said, you know, uh, you need to just clear that you are physiologically okay. In other words, you don't have heart difficulties, cardiovascularly you're okay, uh, you don't have diabetes. Okay. You know, those things uh-huh. can certainly contribute to ED. Uh, there's lots of research which shows that. And, you know, it's, it's okay. no, no good, I think, you know, going to a a therapist for six months and then finding out, you know, suddenly finding out, hold on, you know, I'm actually, I'm diabetic. Um, So you need to firstly clear again the physical and then, you know, look at the psychological and the impact this is having on your relationship. Okay. All right, Martin, at the end of the show, uh, Michael is going to give us his contact details uh, for steps ahead and um, take okay. those and uh, perhaps book a consultation with Michael so he can be able to take you through all the things you might need to do. And also remember that he did mention that it could be other issues. He might need to refer you to other um, specialists yes. or doctors. So bear that in mind. Good okay. luck, Martin. Thank you. Thank yes. you a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you, Martin. So, Michael, it seems that this is not just a, 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 um, a quick solution, especially when it comes to erectile defu- dysfunction. Um, it, it, it's, it's not a quick solution. There's a lot of things that need to be ruled out. But before we took Martin, you were speaking about anxiety and aggression, that these yeah. are sometimes caused around erectile dysfunction. How do you then um, help one who has now developed symptoms of anxiety and aggression due to the fact that they have erectile dysfunction and they're not seeking therapy or any help. Okay. So, look, the person is coming to me. There's a personality, there's a history, there's a belief system, there's a, uh, an image that they have about themselves. Um, so I would want to sort of rumble around a little bit more in how they view themselves. In other words... 
Um, are they a kind of person who, uh, I, I mentioned this, who likes to please everyone and become sort of obsessed with pleasing other, uh, the other person um, in, in a relationship, for example? Um, because at some point, one has to draw the line and not allow the anxiety, the performance anxiety, the anticipatory anxiety to become an obsession in the bedroom. Because if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about in the bedroom, you know, uh, two weeks ago I lost my erection, uh, I'm, now, I'm afraid it's going to happen again, it will happen again. If you are not present, if you're not present in the bedroom, you know, you are, and the anxiety then is um, dominating your, your makeup, you're not going to be able to perform, you know. Um, so, so what I would want to then look at, you know, is uh, what, firstly, you know, are there some difficulties in the relationship? Um, and secondly, where does this all originate from? You know, who gives you the idea that you have to be sort of the perfect lover? Um, who gives you the idea that um, it's all about you pleasing your partner and not your partner pleasing you? You know, so the thing about mutual um, reciprocity, you know, where, you know, we're, we're in it together, we love each other, we respect each other, we're exploring each other's bodies, and in that, hopefully communicating what you like and what you don't like. Mm. Um, so that one partner then feels, I think, connected, feels a bit more confident with you. And let's, let's also face up to it, you know, often early in relationships, people are exploring that aspect. They, they want to sort of know, you know, bodily, physically, what it is that turns the, the, the other partner on. Um, some of us, though, are, I think are more reticent. You know, we don't like, uh, some, some people, some cultures, I think, don't like talking about sex. Uh, people find it very difficult. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, one, one has to firstly take stock that one isn't sort of overdoing it, uh, becoming overly anxious, uh, and is able to stay in the present. And I certainly, my experience is, you know, if you're talking about this to a therapist, to a, a person who's skilled, um, a lot of those anxieties will dissipate. Sure. Because you, 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 you can't have it sort of sitting at the forefront of your mind. You, know, you, need, you need to be present. You need to be there and, and that the, the feeling is you know, sort of shared and a mutual one. Let's go to a voice note here. Yes. Hey, guys. It's Yulisa Turner from Alcoa Park in Port Elizabeth. And hey, Patricia. Hey, dog, I have a question. What if... Say now you have a partner that you with for a couple of months, right? And you get used to that partner, and then you actually quite you know getting into some kind of mindset of not getting interested the way you were interested in her. And it happens that you get early injections, and then you'd move on to the next partner. You get excited with that partner, and then it, that other partner you kind of seem to get the same problem of getting that early injection after always getting used to the partner. What kind of illness is that? What is it? Okay. Well, it's what I call, and I think what psychologists call, repetition compulsion. I didn't hear everything you were saying, but I gathered 
you know, that if you've, you've been with a partner and then you move to another partner and you're still having um, erectile difficulties, you know, so there's a, in other words, a repetition of what was happening in the previous relationship. That, to me, is certainly then also brought on by, again, anticipatory anxiety. You know, uh, my, my last partner, this is what happened, but now in this new relationship, which should be exciting and freeing up and relaxing, uh, unfortunately, it's sort of, again, wrecked with anxiety. And when things repeat themselves, anything that repeats itself in your mind, you then want to go and talk about that to somebody who can help you, I think, disentangle that. Because it's repeating, and until you look at it psychologically, it will continue to repeat. So um, I don't know what facilities you know you have in, uh, I think it was Port Elizabeth, but... Um, yeah, I, I would also say, let's not, I mean, we've been focusing more on the individual. We also have to think about relationship factors, like yes. um, poor communication, um, and also partners who have um, sort of a discrepancies in the desire for sexual activity. You know, it just happens that you know, one partner is more sexually driven than the other, you know, and, and are the two people then going to be able to, to sort that out? you know, and still respect and have love for each other. Um, mm. Other factors I think that can come into it, sort of, uh, sort of vulnerability factors about oneself. In other words, body image. You know, do you have a poor body image? Um, even a history of sort of sexual, emotional, physical abuse. Those factors are going to play some role. Um, um, yeah, together I think with sort of, cultural factors, religious factors that I'm, I'm just sort of putting out there for now. Um, uh, you know, we don't like, as I say, most people are, are reticent to talk about sex. Um, and they might have been given messages, you know, either from their own childhoods, from their own uh, cultural, religious factors, which then affect you know, our attitudes towards sexuality. Um, I also want to go back to the thing about anxiety because with anxiety, often you find people who are this perfection. They want to be perfect. Um, and, and if you're doing that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, so we want to kind of at least get into a bedroom where we're not too technical, where we're not too caught up with our thoughts and that we can hang out with our partners, you know, have play, have some fun, you know, let's face it, I mean, uh, uh, sexual activity, uh, let's say, on, on a bed, it's not always that comfortable. You know, it's, uh, people can fall off the bed. You know, things happen. You know, so it's not a perfect setting. And if one is going into, I'm just using, the, I'm generalizing the bedroom with uh, the idea this is going to be the absolutely perfect setting, you know, it, 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 uh, it doesn't play out like that. So one has to, uh, I think, you know, have acceptance from one's partner of sexual difference, of sexual uh, variety, of um, the, the frequency of sexual behavior. Uh, we love each other. We still want to please each other. And, you know, hopefully, you know, there aren't too many, I, I made reference to this earlier, not too many relationship difficulties that then make the partner withdraw, uh, make the partner lose desire you know, for, for the other partner. 
And if that desire goes, you know, often then we run into problems. Um, our desire, our libido, is central to us being, you know, sexual human beings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Let me go here to an SMS and remind our A-teamers uh, the number to dial is 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. On the line, I've got KGM. KGM, good evening. How are you doing? Uh, good evening, Pat. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. And good evening to your your, your guests and, and the listeners. Hi, KG. Yeah. Yes. Um, look, m- mine. It's not really a question. It's, it's, it's an observation, and I would like some guidance on it. Um, I, I think we pressurize ourselves psychologically by wanting to please the others at our own expense. Um, in this way, uh, you, you know, you meet a partner probably who has been very explorative. And maybe you you are a laid back kind of a person, and yeah. and you're really quite fine being a laid back kind of a person. And this person comes, maybe it's a partner who loves being handcuffed and 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 yeah. uh, the intimate pain, if you like. Yeah. And and you 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 now ha- have to switch from the type of person you are. From the performer that you trust, you've been trusting and doing very well, to this new way of pleasing or pleasurism. And and when you fail, because particularly, I can only speak from a position of, of a man, particularly as a man, if you think psychologically, your duty is to appease or to please your woman, and, mm. and you don't achieve that. You forget that. Oh, by the way, I, I, I only knew how to build with first brick. Now I'm using blocks. <laughs> yes, and, and it becomes a, a huge. And it actually takes you so back that it's not just for the performance of the night or of the day. You you also in the next two, three, four psychologically still trapped in the fact that I couldn't do it, and you keep on not Ooh. doing it. You keep on not doing it, and that. For me, I think it's the biggest challenge. Mm. I don't know. Can I have your 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 guest's view on this? Okay. Yeah, I think KG, I think you're touching on something very very important. You know what 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 happens when you meet a partner, as you say, who? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Mike. Okay. What happens when you uh, have a partner who is uh, who pushes the sexual boundaries, is more explorative? Um, wants to act out on fantasies which the other partner hasn't considered, you know, hasn't thought about. Um, in other words, I think KG said the person could be a bit more laid back, um, but suddenly he's faced with a partner who likes sexual variation. Now, clearly that can create tension because we're then dealing with not just fantasies but also beliefs around sex and, and what kind of gets people going um, and that can create a lot of anxiety KG's observation that you know, and then suddenly you feel inadequate you know I can't please my partner or I'm angry that my partner wants me to for example you know, use handcuffs or start pushing the boundaries a bit more doing something a little bit different um, 
you know, and you can then going to be thrown back on who you are, your own sense of self, your values and beliefs, and whether you can, you know, I think, open, start slowly exploring perhaps other fantasies that your partner has. But I, one has to tread warily there. You know, I think you've got your own, you know, who you are, what you're about, and suddenly you're being asked to do something new. Mm. And if I think about that, you know, change to all people, people don't like change. And particularly, I think, when it comes to intimacy and sexual behavior. Uh, For some people, though, they might sort of launch in and say, this is exciting, it's something new, you know, and I'm going to explore it together with my partner. But it definitely can lead to sexual friction, and it can definitely lead to that sense of, um, inadequacy, you know, and ne- never mind ambivalence, mixed feelings, but a sense of inadequacy that, you know, I-, I can't actually please my partner, but in fact, I don't know that I can um, perform in this way. You know, this other aspect of sexual life, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with it, you know, and then that points to, you know, relationship difficulties, um, and one has to be careful that individually, you know, that your own self-esteem, you know, that um, these expectations that as a man, you know, it's up to you, you must please your partner. But at some point, in, I think in all aspects of life, we have to draw the boundary, you know, what is okay for me and what's okay for you. Um, because you might, you can always get caught up in some uh, behavior that you then regret later, mm. you know, mm. and then, then I'm starting to think about questions around Sort of shame, shame, you know, and that that's a whole topic that's, uh, on its own. Um, so, yeah, Katie's question, very good one. You know, you want to have a comfortable fit with your partner, but if it's not because either his or her demands are all fantasies are, you know, really taking you into areas that create anxiety um, and throw you back on yourself then I think you need to certainly explore that in, in, in relationship counseling. Mm. Couple therapy, you know, which is certainly part of, of, of what I do. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know sort of much else around that. Um, Can we, but, Michael, uh, then go to some questions here from our listeners? Yes. Okay. Yes. Via SMS, yes. I've got one that says, Hi, Patricia. I would like to ask the doctor on how to deal with sex addiction, as he has highlighted sex addiction, addiction as one of his professional interests. Okay. Right. So, so sex addiction is, is something new. It's a, it's, I think up to about a year or two ago, it wasn't sort of classified as an addiction. And I think recently it, it has been. Um, sex addiction, I think, also you know, kind of ticks in around social media, um, accessibility to websites, accessibility to dating sites, and, and any kind of addiction, be it drugs, be it uh, sex, be it gambling, it's about a feeling. It's about a feeling that a person gets either before or after um, uh, they've, they've uh, taken part in some addictive behavior. But again, addictive behavior uh, gets us, in, more often than not, gets us into trouble. Um, we start becoming obsessed with it. We often then withdraw. You know, we're not then present at work. 
we uh, we're we'll looking at things on the on the internet. You know, uh, pornography now is sort of almost I won't say freely available, but it's it's available at one or two clicks on on the computer. So people have access to these things, you know, which uh, wasn't like that maybe 30 years ago, you know, to the, to the same extent it is now, which said something about a society that's opening up, that's, um, you know, opening up uh, a little bit more liberal around these things. Um, but can people deal with that? Um, I hear a lot of stories, certainly around uh, dating sites, um, uh, and, and pornography also to some extent, where people can't, they can't separate it from, they can't separate themselves from it, you know. And that's the addictive aspect of it, where you're repeatedly drawn back in. There's always something exciting, I think, on the, on the other side, when, uh, looking for the next best uh, sexual clip, you know, and... Uh, and, you know, and that's the, the the difficulty. There's always the idea that there's always something better. There's always a better tip. There's a better high. Um, and I, I, I want to say this as well. Uh, I know time's running out, but with any with addictions, addictions often are about avoidance. You know, and and where there's avoidance um, and and an obsession about addictive behaviour. Uh, it's going to affect our lives. It's going to affect our occupational functioning, our personal functioning, relationships. Um, not forgetting, you know, a lot of the sexually addictive behavior is hidden. You know, so the person is hiding this. That's extra pressure that you're putting yourself under psychologically to try and hide it, to conceal it. You know, and ultimately people do get kind of find out. Mm. Uh, I would certainly suggest, you know, if, if I've sort of mentioned pornography, um, um, uh, dating sites, that has to almost be shared with one's partner. You know, then, then, then it can be, I think, useful. But when we're hiding things, concealing it, invariably it, it runs into we run into difficulty. Here's one who's got an issue. Says, but, yeah. okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what I haven't said, you know, the, the addictive behavior, I've, I've linked it a bit to avoidance, but also that it puts us on a certain, gives us a feeling, gives us a, a certain high, which tells me, you know, whether, again, alcohol, sex, what is going on when you're not, you know, in these addictive behaviors? Usually the person is depressed. They don't feel good about themselves. Um, and then for a short time, they're on a high and it's all great. But afterwards, the after effect is often, you know, one of shame and disappointment and a sort of, I'm never going to do this again. Um, but people do, mm. you know. Michael, and, and, can we... and if you can't get through that, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. can can we quickly, yeah. because of time, go to Anonymous here and try and answer as much of the questions that we have uh, before we round off? Anonymous, okay, good evening. Sure. Good evening to you, Patricia, but mine is just a joke, yeah? Okay. I've observed when I was working joke, in some yes. companies. <laughs> Hello? I was observed when I worked in some companies that uh, men used to always call uh, woman India rubber, and they used to ask, always ask them, why do you call uh, woman India rubber? They used to say, one size fits all. 
<laughs> Thank you very much, Anonymous. <laughs> That's all. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Um, Michael, <laughs> here's a question yeah. here. Um, mm. This is Anonymous in Peter Maritzburg who asks, he's 37 years old, but he has never had an ejaculation during sex. He lives with diabetes. Uh, he was mm. sexually abused as a child. Is there hope mm. for him? Yes, there's always hope. I mean, this person is chronologically is old, is young, but psychologically may feel very old, uh, and and may feel also that there's no sort of there's no future, there's no hope. But uh, I think that the psychological aspect of this that he's been unable to ejaculate um, uh, is definitely you know, going to affect uh, you know the way he looks at himself the way he looks at his ability to satisfy his partner. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, 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 for me, it, it sounds like it's not just delayed ejaculation, it's, it's, it's no ejaculation. So there's sort of a, a marked then inability to, to achieve ejaculation in whatever form. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know. It could be that in masturbation, he can't ejaculate. Or is it that when he's with his sexual partner, he can't ejaculate? And what is the impact then of this on his own sort of relationship history? Never mind his relationship to himself, but his relationship to somebody else. You know, I haven't got any idea of you know what goes on in relationship. Um, some people might hide away. You know, some people will step forward and say, this is me, you know, uh, take me as I am. But it, it clearly, I mean, to get a call, you know, at about midnight around, this is creating a lot of distress for him. Mm. And um, so I, I, I would certainly suggest, you know, that uh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, depending on the level of distress, you know, sometimes I think if it's a severe, if he feels severely depressed, severely you know, depressed about this, then you, you sometimes you have to consider sort of medical input as well. You know, you so you don't just go to a therapist; you consider going to a a skilled person like a urologist um, uh, and perhaps a psychiatrist. You know, where you can get medical input, get some antidepressants. Um, take away you know, some of the anxiety that you're feeling and also to stop, I think, the, the repetition, this repetitive behavior, you know, that you just can't get it together, you can't satisfy the other person. Um, and and it, it comes back to what it all means. What it all means to you that you're unable to ejaculate. You know, this is a, a long-standing problem with this person. So I would certainly suggest to him, you know, to seek medical assistance, um, whether it's uh, at a private person or at a clinic, but to go and try and open some conversation up Mm. because um, he's still got a lot of living to do. He's got a lot of uh, sexual life to live, you know, so I, I think he needs to act on that. Now, Molly in Cape Town is asking, as we close off, because we need to close off in a minute, he's saying, Patricia, how accessible is uh, sex therapy in public settings? And do medical aids cover for private sessions uh, with the therapist? And what is the cost? Okay, so the first question about um, in public settings, sex therapy, I think... Look, there's certainly psychologists who are working in um, in public settings. 
you need to just ascertain, you know, what their interests are as well. Um, to if if that's specifically what you're looking for, is sex therapy, or if you're looking for relationship therapy, which I think a lot of this comes back to, you know, uh, poor communication, unmet needs. Um, so. Yeah, I think you tend to find uh, sort of the, the, the qualified sex therapists, they're working more in definitely in, in private settings, you know, which is always a difficulty in this country. Um, but certainly a, a medical aids, uh, I think, would cover it. Um, I, I think, and I think medical aid rates, certainly for 2020, I think most medical aids for an hour anyway, our consultation is anything between... Uh, a thousand rand and a thousand and fifty rand, um, you know, which the medical aid would pay for that hour. But you need to again check, you know, what your benefits are on the medical aid. You, you can't use a hospital plan to do that. Mm. All right. But it's not. It's not. It's not something that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, there's so much that we have not touched and so many voice notes and messages that we have not gone through. Clearly, we need more time together, uh, Michael, to explore yeah. these, um, these, you know, all these issues around sex and relationships. So yes. please do give us more of your time in the near future. Sure, I'll be only too happy to. Just let me know and uh, we'll get ourselves organized and prepared and, and go from there. Excellent. Could you please give us your website and contact details for Steps Ahead, which is your company? Okay, right. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my uh, contact number. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 083-408-1204. Um, I am working in Parktown North, uh, Johannesburg. I, I was in Elova for some years, but I'm now I've moved to Parktown North, which is about six minutes from Elova. Um and uh, yeah, the the website is uh, www.stepsahead.co.za. Steps ahead. Thank you very and much. And you'll find yeah. out my 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 interests and you know what I do all there. Excellent. So, Excellent. We'll yes. be going to that site, stepsahead.co.za. Uh, thank you very mm. much, uh, Michael. We'll be talking to you in the near future. Have a good morning. Good, Patricia. Yes. Good morning to you too. <laughs> right. Good night, everyone. All right. Thank you, Michael. Well, uh, clearly, this is a topic that we've just scratched the surface on. And I see some of you are sending me messages saying, yo, Patricia, I'm cringing. I don't know whether... And and this is from PJ in Gatlehong. I don't know whether PJ is cringing because this topic is hitting home and uh, now there's a platform to talk about such things or what he's cringing about. But we need to talk about these very uncomfortable but real issues of life that we face on a day-to-day basis and try and ensure that we work through them and we live holistically happy lives. A-teamers, happy Thursday and uh, the date is the 5th of November. Good luck for everything that you have planned to do today. Make sure that you achieve it gracefully so. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.